Hello everyone, Tom Kislingbury here. I host the Read and React podcast along with Sticky Z. We talk about all aspects of leagues that use individual defensive players, including player value, projecting performance, training camp battles, scouting, and lots of statistics. IDP can be off-putting to those of you who haven't done it before, but it's really not that difficult. After all, even an Englishman can manage it, so you should be fine. So if you already play IDP, you're looking for a new fancy challenge, or if you just love football, come and give us a try. Cheers! listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host again this week, Matt Price. With me, Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler. Last week, we talked about unsettled backfields. This week, we're going to go into some unsettled wide receiver corps. But Before that, uh, we're going to start out with one big news item. AJ Green out six to eight weeks unlikely for week one ryan he's been steadily falling since he was ninth overall in october 2017 this month he is wide receiver 16 35th overall man uh, i think he's going to keep falling what about you oh I th- he's in for a huge fall you know when you when you're a wide receiver that's already over 30 that's been declining that's had these uh injuries in recent years anyway and then you have this to start the season he's certainly going to fall I would say he'll fall to the fifth or sixth round in, in these startups that we're we're starting in the next couple of days. So those of you that didn't catch it, Matt called it a, a wide receiver corpse. Maybe AJ Green is the wide receiver corpse of the of training camp so far. Uh, it's really it's really a bummer. AJ Green, he's he's in the contract year and and all the stuff that you know. A lot of us as dynasty owners. And owners of AJ Green, we've been waiting for for Green to get attached to that quarterback that could get him the ball and and really take him from this great asset or, or great football player really to truly elite. Like like we've seen we've seen truly elite talents play at a little lower level because they don't have the quarterback or the offense and. And maybe there was the chance that he finally gets out of out of Cincinnati or or gets with a quarterback that that could take him to the next level. Of course, we had to get through this coming season to get that far. But having this slow start and another injury that ju- it's just another setback. And, and of course, what you say about being thirty or over thirty for a wide receiver, those are all true. I I seem to feel like if. If he could just get out of there, get somewhere and, and, and with a quarterback that can take him to the next level, man, what A.J. Green could do. So I'm as disappointed as all Dynasty owners, really. I have him in a lot of places. I was looking for that, that big season that we often see with contract year wide receivers. I guess we have to wait until the second month of the season for, for that to start for Green. Dan, as a win now proponent, uh, what do you think? I mean, we I think we've some people have been kind of targeting him as a buy all offseason already, just based on this depressed ADP. But obviously, it's going to fall a little bit more. So, is, would he be somebody you were targeting? You know, as we get closer to the end of this industry injury, as as a, as a win now piece for your teams that are maybe looking for a push this year. Well, I, I think if you're thinking that today is the time to do that. The, the next week or or a week and a half maybe as we get closer to AJ Green returning and 
there'll be some news in three or four or five weeks that Green is starting to move around and then he's starting to run routes and he's catching passes. That's not going to be the time to buy Green because all of us will be in regular season mode and we'll be you know, beginning to think about what what can he do for us today? What can he do in my lineup right now? So the A.J. Green owner, as he gets closer to Green returning, will will immediately be thinking, I need him in my lineup, and now he's worth more than he was the day after he got hurt. So as we speak now, it's a nice window to buy him if you're that that guy that, that thinks they have a window, maybe in a contract league where where you got to – short window to try to win a win a title you can take a chance with AJ Green and and maybe buy him for one of the rookies that you that you drafted in the offseason something like that overall though in in a regular dynasty league there there's a lot of risk with AJ Green because of his injury history the current injury and we just don't know how he's going to recover from it right away here in 2019 I looked back at last year's ADP. So July 2018 ADP, A.J. Green was wide receiver 9. Demarius Thomas was wide receiver 27. And we know how his past year or so has gone with injuries, with disappointing play, switching teams now a couple of times. And uh, there's certainly no guarantee that he even makes the Patriots roster. And and that doesn't obviously doesn't mean that's the path that A.J. Green is going to follow. But it's just, just a good reminder that these guys can go from top 25, top 30 wide receivers to virtually worthless uh, pretty quickly. So the, the Bengals weren't one of the teams I was going to look at in these unsettled wide receiver core uh, teams that we were talking about today. But with this A.J. Green injury, it, it kind of throws it up in the air. So we'll just throw it out there uh, to kind of transition into this topic. But wide receiver 28 comes in with uh, Tyler Boyd. John Ross at wide receiver 80 comes out today that he has a hamstring injury. So uh, maybe he's not going to be the, the buy despite the cheap price. And then Josh Malone still hanging around undrafted in uh, July ADP, uh, currently uh, outside of the top 113 wide receivers drafted. So, Ryan, <laughs> how's this going to shake out? I mean, we know that uh, Boyd, uh, there's there's been some research done, and, and Boyd actually did better with Green in the lineup. So if he's going to be that true wide receiver one, then, I mean, maybe this price is even too high. It's almost like I think Boyd is a sell. I think I, I, could, I could certainly see viewing Boyd as a sell because he is going to get a value bump with the A.J. Green injury. But you just think back to the the offseason that the Bengals have had and knowing that A.J. Green has been hurt essentially every year for the past three or four years, knowing John Ross is a bust and they made they made no real effort to improve their, their wide receiver core through, uh, through free agency or the draft. It's it's really just another strike against that uh, that management and, and the decision makers there. It's it's pretty frustrating. Um, that doesn't make me want to take a chance on guys like Josh Malone or you know whoever their their depth guys are. It, it really just makes me want to stay away. Yeah, and Josh Malone was a guy that I kind of liked coming out and and thought maybe he had a little bit of upside and could could outdo his his draft sta- NFL draft status at least. So I actually have him in a couple really deep leagues where where maybe he takes a little bit of a jump. But but to be honest, we haven't seen anything outside of Boyd. We haven't seen anything from these Cincinnati receivers. Uh, Ross has obviously been a disappointment. Malone as well uh, hasn't done much since he was drafted. So. I'm with Ryan here. I, I, 
you know, it's just hard to trust anything going on there in Cincinnati, the new coaching staff, maybe that changes things over time. But until we see some signs of that, it's just impossible to have a lot of faith in what's going on with the Bengals. Maybe maybe the play is Giovanni Bernard, you know, running back was the 60 in the 60s, 64 right now. Uh, so maybe he's going to get maybe he'll play like a little bit of a James White role and he's got Zach Taylor coming in with his innovative offense. So, you know, maybe maybe he's the play play in this situation. But let's move on to uh, our first official team in this in this exercise. And that's going to be Buffalo. We've got a big mess here. John Brown, wide receiver 64, 146 overall. Robert Foster, wide receiver 71, 162 overall. Zay Jones, wide receiver 68, 157 overall. Keeps going. Cole Beasley, wide receiver 99, 235 overall. And I threw in Dawson Knox there just because he's been getting some buzz early in the offseason here. Tight end 27, 208 overall. Dan, uh, what is happening in Buffalo with the, with the set of receivers? And do you want any of these guys other than Zay Jones? <laughs> Well, I, I already have Zay Jones, so I don't have to want him anymore. I, I got him all over a couple of years ago. And, and while that looked like a good investment late last season, I'm not, I'm not so sure that's going to hold up. Now, I guess recent indications in Buffalo or, or early the early days of training camp has indicated that Robert Foster is a little farther down than a lot of us dynasty owners have expected on the depth chart. Um, John Brown and Zay Jones starting on the outside and, and maybe one of them kicking inside when they go to three wide receivers, which which we're not really sure in Buffalo how often that's going to be with that running game and that coaching staff that likes to highlight the the ground attack. So I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of this. I'm, I'm watching intently. I'm keeping a close eye on the blurbs for sure. There are interesting names in Buffalo at the very least. All guys that I've been interested in in at points of their career career the guys that you mentioned brown uh his time in arizona translated to a little bit of a spike in value in baltimore foster of course had a nice uh 2018 season zay jones was a guy i liked out of college and cole beasley has been a guy in dallas that has looked like maybe a danny amendola type of guy that can play in the slot and catch some passes in a ppr league so I think there's good players in Buffalo, good wide receivers. Now, now there's questions about the quarterback and, and the offense and all those things. I think it all adds up to me just watching closely and seeing where the value is going to be and, and picking up the guys that are free, really. If there's a guy on the, on the waiver wire or a guy that you can get added to a deal when you have, have some roster space, I, I don't mind getting a Buffalo Bills receiver or pass catcher on my team because he might be the guy that leads that that Bills roster in in targets and in catches. And if that's a case, that's a useful fantasy and dynasty asset. It sounds like from early reports from Bills camp that uh, John Brown has been the most impressive receiver, and that that really shouldn't be much of a surprise uh, looking at this group. He's, he's had an impressive career um, when he's been healthy. So we're sure to see his price rise, his value rise. I don't know that I'm going to be willing to – to pay that increased price just due to that, uh, not only that injury history, but also just the general questions surrounding the passing offense of the Bills. So uh, I agree with Dan. If I'm taking a chance on any of these guys, it's it's going to be the cheapest guys. Uh, Cole Beasley, I could certainly see just swallowing up targets there. And then Dawson Knox is more of a, a long-term investment. He, he's he been dealing with an injury early on in camp as well, which uh, could could hurt his short-term value. 
Yeah, I guess I just think that all these guys are so close in value that I'm just going to go ahead and take John Brown at 64. I mean, Foster at 71, Zay Jones at 68. They just they just seem all so close. I mean, if you really want to go take a, a big stab with Beasley, I think you can get him obviously cheaper than these other three. Uh, but I think I'm willing to go with the vet here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's fair. But, you know, this time of year, once training camp is underway, we're talking about the value, the the perceived value and the trade value changing so quickly. So just a, a few positive blurbs about John Brown and, and the ADP is not going to be close anymore. That is fair. Uh, let's go on to Miami and we got a whole, whole giant mess of guys here as well. I'm not going to read off all these stats, but Devonte Parker is actually the, still the most valuable wide receiver there at wide receiver 72, 164 overall. Kenny Stills at 73, Wilson at 75, Preston Williams at 94, on and on. We've got two undrafted guys in July ADP and Jakeem Grant and Alan Hearns just signed with Miami last week. And of course the tight end, Mike Gusecki, tight end 19, 153 overall. Ryan, uh, what what are you doing with these guys? There's a little bit of uh, intrigue, I think, and and maybe a cause to buy just because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. It, it sounds like uh, he is going to win that job. Uh, I think what we saw from him in Tampa last year is is probably what we could see again because I, I do expect them to be behind and passing the ball quite a bit. I, I don't. I, I really can't even pick one of one of these guys that I want they're all uh they're all cheap enough to take chances on I think Albert Wilson makes a lot of sense but he's still uh dealing with that hip hip injury that cut his 2018 season short uh I, I guess Mike Gusecki at tight end 19 is the only one that uh that I definitely would want to be buying I'm actually buying most of these guys it, it kind of sounds odd but and, and Ryan really painted a pretty clear picture. If if that all comes to fruition and Fitzpatrick is under center, there's going to be some useful pieces of this Dolphins passing attack that we want in our in our dynasty lineups. So at least for 2019. So you know, there's been those news blurbs of Devonte Parker once again being the best uh best wide receiver in in Miami best player in camp most uh big plays and things like that uh Kenny Stills is is that downfield threat uh Wilson has a little bit of upside of course and then we all know that Preston Wilson or excuse me Preston Williams would have been drafted higher had he not had the off the field stuff so there there's plenty of chances I guess and I'm willing to roll the dice a lot like Buffalo if if I can get my hands on one of these guys and I have the roster spot there is a chance that any of these guys could be the top receiver in Miami in a passing offense and you know if you're really getting them for that cheap it's it's not a bad roll of the dice you mentioned Alan Hearns is undrafted now that he's in Miami I'm, I'm guessing that'll change relatively quickly he's going to move ahead of maybe even one of these other guys in Miami relatively quickly as well so I want these guys it's just got to be at the right price yeah it's kind of just like pick your favorite flavor all, all of them have a chance to increase in value depending on who shakes out there I'd probably go with the rookie Preston Williams just Based on some upside, and you know, I, I think Gusecki at that price is, is something I'm willing to pay for too. Dan, let's go to New England. Uh, this one may may seem pretty easy, I think, on the surface. Harry, I think, is the, maybe the future of the, of the wide receiver core there. Wide receiver 23, 45 overall. Maybe Edelman is the answer this year at wide receiver 32, 66 overall. Seems seems high for 
a dynasty price, but obviously you're going to get production out of Edelman in 2019. Gordon is the wild card here. Wild wide receiver 65, 154 overall. Demarius Thomas mentioned earlier. Philip Dorsett still hanging around, and, and you know may, maybe the real like answer in terms of wide receiver two this year in terms of just the the role is going to be James White at running back 32, 82 overall. What are your thoughts in New England, Dan? I I like a lot of these guys as well. Harry for the long term, Edelman for now. Uh, I I can't get on the Josh Gordon bandwagon. I'm, I'm not. I'm just not able to do it anymore. I'm I'm really over Josh Gordon and and the upside that that all his believers still see with him. There, there's just too many miss miss games and and problems off the field for me to for me to invest any dynasty uh, assets into into having Josh Gordon on my team now. The Patriots are really a unique situation because outside of Edelman, they've they've always had another more players that have been really dynasty relevant, and because of of it always being Rob Gronkowski at the tight end position, and now that has to transfer somewhere, we're all kind of scrambling to see who is who it's going to be in 2019. Uh, if I had to bet, I would say those running backs are going to catch more passes than than maybe they even have in the past. So that makes James White awful appealing to me as a dynasty owner, especially if I'm a contender right now. Uh, like you said, though, Matt, Harry's the guy for the long term. I have a sneaky suspicion that his rookie season isn't going to go uh, real smoothly, though. He's going to sit behind some of these veterans that that are kind of no names and maybe not get a lot of opportunities. And and maybe there'll be a better chance for us to buy and kill Harry down the road. I think that makes a lot of sense and and agree with agree with most of that. I'm certainly glad to have Edelman and and James White this year on uh, on my teams. I think Dorse, I mean Dorset is essentially free and right now I think he's he would be the favorite to start as the uh, wide receiver 2 on that roster uh, and then we've even got uh, I think it's Maurice Harris who was with the Redskins last year who is uh, getting some buzz so that that always happens with the Patriots essentially anybody that's on the field for them even on the practice field we have to pay attention to it's it's tough to tough to project uh, I was looking at the most valuable player for each team the other day, just based on ADP. And for New England, it was Harry. And and honestly, it wasn't even close. I think people were surprised by that at first, that it was it was a rookie that obviously has not even played yet that was their most valuable dynasty, dynasty asset. But <laughs> there's, there's not many other options, especially in that pass-catching group. Yeah, and I, I think most people probably thought Sony, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, we've, We've already had that conversation. His right. his value, <laughs> his value has fallen off. Although it it sounds like, uh, you know, he's healthy and uh, maybe that that value can be uh, rehabbed a little bit. Yes, definitely. Sony. Uh, I mean, at least in terms of getting back on the field, only positive news so far since training camp is, is open and he's been off that pup list. But we're talking about wide receivers. Let's go to the Giants. Golden Tate, wide receiver 52, now uh, maybe he's suspended for four games. It sounds like it's he's going to appeal it. It's something about uh, some some component of his fertility drugs maybe maybe triggered the the, the test and the the, the the positive there. So we'll see if that gets appealed. Sterling Shepard, wide receiver 39, 80th overall, but he has a broken thumb. So there ain't really much left on that roster right now. Corey Coleman tore uh, an ACL, I think, right? So he's out. Uh, so that, I mean, at least the rookie, I guess, Darius Slayton, wide receiver 103 currently, 248 overall. And of course, uh, Evan England's probably going to be the, the biggest recipient of this, a tight end 564 overall. Uh, who are we going? Let's go, to, let's go back to Ryan. 
Yeah, it's, it's got to be Ingram. He's he's tough to buy right now, though, because his value has already been climbing after uh, after the Odell Beckham trade. I certainly don't mind investing in Golden Tate or Sterling Shepard uh, because with, with the injury, with the suspension, you expect to get a discount on those guys right now. Dan mentioned earlier that if you want to buy AJ Green, now is the time. It's it's the same thing with these two. You know, there there's going to be some production in that offense. They're going to also be uh, behind in plenty of games, and they've got Ingram and uh, and Saquon Barkley to catch passes. But I think both Tate and Shepard can be strong fantasy assets in the short term. Most of these teams we're talking about today, their wide receiver depth chart, pass catcher depth chart, are unsettled for a reason. Eight of the bottom. Um, 11 teams in, in pass offense last year are on this list that we're talking about today. Uh, we already talked about the Bills, 31 overall. The Dolphins, 30 overall. The Giants were number 11 in passing offense last year. Um, so they're, they're going to be bad again. Eli's going to be bad again, but they're going to throw the ball. Yeah, we, we always say that about Eli, that he's going to be bad, but, but he is going to connect with these receivers at some point as well. And I know Odell's not there and, and all the stuff surrounding that, but Evan Ingram's still there, Saquon's still there, and that's going to open up lanes for guys like Golden Tate when he's on the field. And, and if I may, the whole Golden Tate thing, if that's true, I hope that suspension is over, overturned. I, I hope he can prove it, that it was because of this fertility thing and... And if, if it's upheld and it's proven true that this is the reason why, then, oh my gosh, what are we doing in the NFL with, with these suspensions? Because, uh, man, I, you know, he, from the outside looking in, at least, he looks like an upstanding guy. He's a family guy and all those things. He should be on the field. And I was kind of looking forward to seeing Golden Tate with the Giants in that offense. And, and even with Eli throwing the football, because we all know that that. While Odell did bail him out regularly on those deep throws down the field, his strength is throwing underneath and and hitting the crossing routes and things like that, which also matches Golden Tate's strengths as well. So so I think there's some upside with Tate. And like Ryan said, if you can get him especially cheap right now, he was already wide receiver 52 before this news broke. Uh, If you can get a break on that price tag as well, who knows, maybe that suspension's overturned and you get him all season anyway. And we're back to seeing the Golden Tate that that is making those catches across the middle and, and 100 plus targets and all those things. That's that's the potential, and in PPR, that, that looks awfully good. I should say, though, that I agree with Ryan. Evan Ingram is the buy here. Holy cow, that, that he's going to catch so many passes this year. And, and we wouldn't, Matt, you, you'll agree with this, we wouldn't be surprised if he makes a huge jump from tight end five, even even though he's that high already. He's, there's, there's the possibility that he can jump even higher. Oh yeah, I mean, going into last last uh, going into 2018, I made the, on that bold prediction show. I said Evan Green, Ingram tight end one. Uh, you know, at this time, this year, obviously that didn't happen. We've got Kittle again ahead year. of him. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know if I can go tight end one, but I bet, I, but we can go tight end two. You know, because I think Ertz is going to have a down year. I think that 
Kelsey's just going to be a year older. Obviously, he's going to be a monster this this year. And you know, I think it's probably going to be like Kittle one, Ingram two. I can I could I could get behind that for sure. <laughs> but uh, if going back to the fertility thing, Dan, gosh, I, I, I always been on the side of like if you're a player and you're putting stuff in your body, you should probably know exactly what's going on there. But who would ever think if I'm trying to have a kid and I'm taking fertility drugs, how am I ever going to going to pick out that out of, out of the list? So Agreed. it's probably not on your mind at all. I would imagine. Just ridiculous. Uh, let's go to Washington, though. Um, surprisingly, if you thought you know, if you thought the Miami receiving core was bad, the the most valuable Washington Redskin receiver right now is Trey Quinn at wide receiver 20, uh, 78, 181 overall. Just behind him, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 79, 188. Josh Doxson, blah blah blah, on and on. Uh, we've got another rookie there, Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver 87. It's probably going to be one of these two rookies that if, if there's going to be anybody here, Dan, that we want to talk about. Uh, but but what say you here in Washington for? at least for 2019 yeah 2019 is a huge question mark and and i think of all the teams on this list the redskins that's the team i'm most worried about finding that that number one wide receiver with all the teams we've talked about to this point there seems to be a few options or at least a couple one or two that you feel relatively confident about i'm not sure that exists in washington uh, you know, Josh Doxson has been a guy that I've been a fan of before. I, I seem to like those those guys that profile as the tall guys, the lanky guys that can jump, and the high flyers that play above the rim and can make those big catches in the red zone, uh, score fantasy points and touchdowns for their for their teams. But I don't know if that necessarily exists here. I'm I'm leery about the quarterback position. We're not sure when the rookie's going to get on the field or if we're going to see one of these veterans on the field and and maybe they're they're one of the teams that have multiple starting quarterbacks this season. All that adds up to something that I don't want to invest a lot in. Um, we're talking about guys in the 70s for the wide receiver ranks. We've we've talked about other guys that are even lower that I like more than these Redskins options. Yeah, this just comes down to the known versus the unknown, and in a lot of cases, you you should prefer that that known commodity, and it's just not there this time. We've 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 seen Josh Dotson and and Paul Richardson struggle uh, both on the field and and struggle to stay on the field. So in this case, I I prefer the unknown of McLaurin, Harmon, and even Quinn, who we, we kind of saw flashes from last season. And uh, he's he's the one drawing the most buzz with the coaching staff saying he's got that slot uh, wide receiver job locked down already. And, and really even just saying that is is a bad sign, right? I mean, if, if he's already got that job locked down, it, that that really just shows how how weak the depth chart is. Let's go to Baltimore. A little bit more exciting there. Got a couple of rookies. Marquise Brown, wide receiver, fifty four, one seventeen. Might have to wait on him a little bit at least to get healthier. Miles Boykin, wide receiver, seventy one sixty one overall, getting a lot of positive buzz in camp. Uh, there was a quote I forget which player called him that. I think it was Willie Sneed actually uh, said that he's he looks like Michael Thomas out there. So that's 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 good to hear. Dan, you recently took Chris Moore in a deep uh, free agent draft, uh, wide receiver 91, 220 overall, and then we have Willie Sneed undrafted and Jordan Lasley, rookie from last year, undrafted. Ryan, what are we doing here? I think it's pretty obvious to to stay away from Marquise Brown. Uh, lot, lots of questions already entering the league about him as a player, uh, about that offense, though you know maybe, maybe some of those are starting to get answered in the early going, but to, to see where his, his ADP and his value is at, he's a pretty clear avoid. I think if you 
just really like him and you want him on your roster, there'll, there'll be a better chance to do that uh, down the road. Boykin is, is another guy. I'm, I'm glad to see him succeed in this early going, but I'm not, I'm not going to buy the hype and, and pay this increased price. I like Willie Sneed. Uh, I'm really shocked to see that he's not even getting drafted in these. He was, um, we talk a lot about uh, Mark Andrews, the tight end, as, as kind of the favorite for Lamar Jackson once he took over. But it was Willie Sneed also who was seeing a ton of targets. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If, if, there's, a, if there's an obvious buy here, it's Willie Sneed as the undrafted player that you mentioned, Matt. And, and he's so, so cheap, you can get him for free. You mentioned that I bought Chris Moore really deep in a, in a free agent auction or a free agent draft. And that was simply because I wanted that lottery ticket. So while I'm willing to buy these guys, and it seems like Brown and Boykin are, are the guys that are on dynasty owners' mind at least, Moore and Sneed seems like seem like guys that are at least worth worth a roster spot in deep leagues. And while I'm, I'm not sure, once again, which one's going to get the most opportunities and, and agree that maybe Sneed is the most likely of the two, uh, I don't mind at least rostering these guys through the preseason to see what happens yeah if uh you know if lamar millard takes that up taking passing like we're thinking then then one of these guys is going to catch some balls so you might as well go cheap like you said willie sneed seems like a good candidate for that uh let's go to minnesota a little bit different of a situation here there's not really an obvious wide receiver three but up at the top it's obviously bottleneck there with stefan diggs at wide receiver nine and adam thielen at wide receiver 14 dan uh, is this this is just like pick your favorite flavor, right? I mean, is there one? Obviously, I think we probably all prefer Diggs there just because of the youth and the upside. But obviously, Thielen is going to be productive for your fantasy teams both in 2019 and and down the road. But uh, how do you differentiate these two based on price? Do you still want Diggs uh, that upside despite the little bit of increased cost? I think I want the safety of Thielen if I'm the compet- the competing for a title this year. It feels like Thielen is the safer option. He's a little bit more consistent week to week and has put up the numbers for a couple of seasons now or a few seasons, and, and we, we might feel feel a little bit more comfortable with him. If you're looking long-term, obviously you want digs. Now, beyond that, I don't think there's any expectation from anybody, or at least there shouldn't be, that there's going to be somebody beyond Diggs and Thielen to to make a big impact for dynasty owners or or any fantasy owners for that matter. So it's Diggs and Thielen. If you got one of those guys, you feel good about it. If if you got somebody else, you probably don't. Yeah, I mean this 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 one feels pretty simple, and just like Dan said, if you've already got them, great. Honestly, at those price tags. I would not be buying them. I'd uh, I'd probably rather sell uh, either or both of them at wide receiver nine, wide receiver fourteen overall. But but they're certainly both going to be productive if they stay on the field because yeah they're they're pretty much the entire the entirety of options when it comes to that pass offense. Ryan, wouldn't wouldn't you say that Diggs's wide receiver nine ADP is more ref- like we've talked about many times more reflective of of what he's worth in a startup way more than in a, in a draft or, or excuse me, in a, in, in trade value. It doesn't seem like I can get, get the, what the running backs necessarily that are, that are right in that range straight up for digs. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and he's also, um, he's also the type of player that a lot of people really believe in. I mean, Amari Cooper's kind of in that, in that same situation that people, I don't want to say love or hate, but 
Um, you either view Diggs as a possible top five wide receiver or you think he's overvalued, and I think he's overvalued. All right, let's go to Jacksonville, back to the the horde of wide receivers, uh, a little bit, again, way different than Minnesota. Marquise Lee coming back from injury, uh, wide receiver 74, 174 overall. My favorite of this group, despite the increased price tag, is D.D. Westbrook at wide receiver 47, 102 overall. Keelan Cole made some noise as an undrafted rookie, didn't do anything last year. D.J. Chark as a rookie last year did nothing. He's at wide receiver 88. And then they added Chris Conley from the Chiefs. You know, he's gotten a little bit of buzz. He's going undrafted in July drafts. Uh, probably will change, hopefully, in, in August. Uh, and then Terrell Pryor still hanging around the league there, Dan. What are we doing in Jacksonville? I'm. It's a firm pass in Jacksonville. You know, I try to mine as much talent or as much upside as I possibly can, and I, I just don't know where to go. These guys are. A lot of these guys are are questionable even for the last roster spot on my teams. It feels like, and and I know they upgraded the quarterback, or or at least they on paper upgraded the quarterback with Foles. But I'm not convinced that Jacksonville is going to be, or at least their passing game is going to be any better than what we've seen in the past. It seems like at the very best, they'll spread the ball around. And even if they are successful, it's going to take multiple players uh, playing above their their cap or their ceiling. So while there are some good stories there with Keelan Cole in his rookie season and, and Dede Westbrook kind of regaining some of the value he's had in the past, I'm not going to invest what it takes to even get some of these guys in the 200s in our ADP. If I'm doing a startup today, I'm, I'm certainly okay paying wide receiver 47 prices for D.D. Uh, Westbrook. He is, though, one of those guys I think costs more in a trade. He's, he's another player, um, c- kind of like Diggs, though, though certainly further down the ranks, that uh, a lot of people seem to, to be uh, big believers in. So I, I think if you've got him on your roster already, you probably have him there because you really like him. Uh, I think his his trade value is higher than his his ADP. I, I was really hoping for Marquise Lee to uh, to kind of be that guy for Jacksonville this year, uh, and and he he still could, I guess. But it's disappointing to see he's dealing with this uh, still dealing with this injury. Over to Tennessee, Ryan, I guess a little bit similar, like a mini mini Minnesota Vikings situation brewing here with two guys up top and, and not much after that, depending on how you feel about Adam Humphreys. But, of course, A.J. Brown, the rookie at wide receiver 36-76 overall, and Corey Davis, wide receiver 26-55 overall. I know you already say A.J. Brown's the wide receiver one, so I assume at this price tag, uh, 10 spots cheaper than Davis, he's the guy you want here. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly still on board with buying A.J. Brown um, and with this – injury that he's dealing with early in camp we could see uh see his price drop a little bit all the all the news has been good for Corey davis so i'm i'm glad to see that i i do prefer i still prefer brown uh at at the discount but kind of like yeah like kind of like the vikings i i want both of these guys on my roster uh, they do have humphreys humphreys they've got uh taywan taylor there's been once again good good news and good buzz out of camp about uh tajay sharp but I just I just don't know that there's going to be enough um, enough of a passing offense to support uh, even Davis and Brown, let alone uh, you know these these depth wide receivers. Yeah, and that's something we've talked about on the pod over the last few months. Really, is that either Marcus Mariota is going to take that step forward that we want to see him take, and and 
deliver the ball to these wide receivers or he's not and we're going to see somebody else in Tennessee. So it was one of you two that originally brought that up to me. And since then, I felt a lot better about Corey Davis and Ryan raised his hand as, <laughs> as if that was him. Uh, I, I felt better about Corey Davis. I've I, I've always been an AJ Brown guy as well. I, I prefer Brown uh, for sure, especially considering the the ten spot change or the two round change in a startup. I want AJ Brown, and even with this injury news and the missed practice time that he's had early in camp, if that gets me a little bit of a discount or, or maybe makes that owner more likely to sell him, I want AJ Brown on my team. Either way, I I really feel like it's kind of a horse apiece in Tennessee, and and with either one of these guys, we're we are waiting for 2020 or, or late 2019 to see any kind of dividends out of out of these receivers did, did you say a horse a piece it's a horse a piece you've never heard that one maybe that's a south dakota thing that must be there's a lot of south dakota only things i bet <laughs> <laughs> let's go to denver Cortland sudden at wide receiver 34 73rd overall Deshaun hamilton wide receiver 57 124 overall the veteran Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver 63, 143 overall. I thought there was no chance that Sanders was going to do anything this year, and maybe there's still not. But for somebody that is older and tore, tore his Achilles, you know, he seems to be way ahead of schedule when, we, when we're talking about his former teammate, Demarius Thomas. So maybe there's something there with Sanders in, in 2019 even. And then I threw in the rookie Noah Fan at tight end, 10, 98 overall. He, he, if none of these guys really emerged, it seems like, uh, he, that he could really benefit. Say whatever you want to say about how rookie tight ends produce, but he seems to be in a really good situation with Flacco there, who has a history of throwing to his tight end. So, uh, again, if, if none of these wide receivers stand out, then maybe Fant is the guy here, Dan. Yeah, maybe he is, and and maybe it's Sutton, and, and maybe Sanders uh, comes back and is the same guy that he was, but it sounds like a lot of maybes, in my, in my opinion, really. Uh, Sutton is the guy most dynasty owners are, are most uh, intrigued by just because of the upside that he had coming out of college. Fant probably falls in that in that category as well. Sanders, he hasn't been able, I haven't been able to shake him really. All this positive news out of Denver around Emmanuel Sanders, man, I I I bought him for cheap, really cheap, just just a week or two ago. In one of those spots where I was hoping to find that, you know, wide receiver four flex guy, and and I think his upside is beyond that. So while the injury was was scary, and and certainly for a guy his age, it isn't necessarily common to see him come back that quickly. Uh, he's already on the field, and all that news points to something maybe. More likely than we than we really uh, gave him credit for coming, you know, right out of the injury. That it's a scary injury and all those things. I guess it's a long-winded say way of saying that Emmanuel Sanders should be on our radar once again, and nobody should be surprised if he puts up at least wide receiver four numbers. And don't don't be shocked if it's not wide receiver three numbers in 2019. Yeah, this this feels weird to say because I, I certainly don't trust uh, the quarterback situation with with either Joe Flacco or Drew Locke, honestly. Uh, mm. But I like the value of all of these guys. Uh, Hamilton at at fifty seven overall, Sanders certainly uh, gaining value every 
every practice snap he takes and Noah Fant just inside the top 100 overall. I, I really want all of those guys. That was easy. Short but sweet. <laughs> Let's go to Arizona. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, wide receiver 60, the, the veteran there, obviously. Going to maybe have a little bit different role in 2019 in this new offense. 133 overall for him. Christian Kirk, last year's rookie, who made a little bit of noise towards the end of the season and is, is kind of the favorite to be the most productive wide receiver this year. Uh, coming at 68th overall, wide receiver 33, Isabella and Butler are the two rookies at 51 and 55, respectively. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ryan. Maybe we're going to see some Kevin White. What do you think? No, we're not. <laughs> I, I, I hope not. I hope not. Um, I, I want all these guys too, and I feel a lot better about the situation than a, a lot more confident than I do in Denver. Um, I, I mean, the, it's really been one of the stories of the off season with the coaching change and uh, bringing in Kyler Murray with the top overall pick. We we feel like all of these guys are going to benefit. Um, so Isabella. Wide receiver 51, uh, Kirk and Fitzgerald. I'm on board with with buying all of those guys. Uh, The only one that I I would actually be hesitant on would probably be Hakeem Butler because I do think we could see uh, somewhat of a redshirt year. So I I could see his value dropping a little bit. And and again, kind of like we, we mentioned with some of the other players, if you want to buy him, I think you'll be able to get him cheaper later. Uh, one thing I did notice just talking about these two teams back-to-back, Christian Kirk at wide receiver 33, Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 34. Who do you guys prefer even up in uh, between those two? It's Kirk for me pretty easily. I, I, I think I'm lower on Sutton than most, but Kirk is the answer here, and it's more than a one-spot difference. Yeah, I, I prefer Kirk, I guess, but it's not by a lot. I, I could see Sutton outplaying him for sure, especially considering what Arizona put into that wide receiver court. And as far as it goes for the Cardinals, for me, I really couldn't say it much better than what Ryan did. I want all these guys too. I, I would include Butler in that group way down there at wide receiver 55. He's he's really an injury away from having a relatively big role in that offense if he picks up on it at least as quickly as, as some of us maybe, maybe think that he might. So uh, while I haven't been buying these guys all over the place or anything like that, I, th- I think there's opportunity to be had in Arizona. Butler is interesting just because I think he offers a little bit different of a skill set than the rest of these guys on there. And that could be a good or a bad thing, depending on how the offense gets run. If they want to just run little guys, all fast guys all over the place, and those are going to be the heavy target getters, then uh, it could be bad. But if they decide they want to differentiate a little bit, then Butler, I think, is obvious recipient of that. So agree with you there, Dan. Let's go to the Rams. Uh, again, a bit of a log jam, just like the – uh, a couple of the other teams we've talked about, but maybe even more uh, to, a, to a larger extent here with Brandon Cooks, a wide receiver 12, 26 overall, Cooper Cup, wide receiver 21, back on the field, only eight months removed from that ACL injury. But I uh, had a fun quote the other day, like he's so fast, he's tripping over himself, he feels faster than ever, yada, yada. Uh, but excited about that, obviously. And then Robert Woods, wide receiver 22 at 44 overall, just one spot behind Cup. Uh, Dan, I, I always have a tough, tough time like paying up for Cooks just because it feels like the, all three of these guys are going to produce relatively relatively the same number. So if that's the case, give me the two guys that are, you know, 10 spots cheaper than Brandon Cooks. Yep. Couldn't say better myself. It's, it's Cup and Woods for me as well. There are places that I have Cooks and if, if somebody's going to pay me wide receiver 12 value, I'll sell them. And if not, I'll hold him because he's going to put up good numbers as well. But, but if I can move down from Cooks 
or perceived value move down from Cooks to Cup and get something else, that's an easy trade for me. I, I like all three of these guys on my rosters. I feel really good about them all being wide receiver twos on my rosters, and, and that makes me feel like Cooks being a, a low-end wide receiver one and a high-end wide receiver two right in that range. That makes me feel like like he's properly valued, and these other guys are, are maybe misvalued just a little bit. Uh, as low-end wide receiver twos. So I want Cup and Woods for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. And it it just makes me think about why do we see that value difference? And maybe it's a draft capital situation. Maybe it's Cooks is the explosive uh, big play threat and and Cup and Woods are both more possession-type receivers. I don't know. I don't know why the difference in value because – when they've all three been on the field together, they've, they've been relatively equally uh, productive. So any discount I can get on any of them, I'm taking. And, and right now that seems to be Cup and Woods. All right, two teams left. Ryan, we'll go to San Francisco. Dante Pettis, wide receiver 31. Uh, my personal favorite here at 63 overall. Debo Samuel, the rookie at wide receiver 48, one of three overall. And I, I put Marquise Goodwin on here because, you know, I don't know if we if we can think back to last time, last offseason around this time. He was, you know, in redraft league, was going in the sixth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, so, you know, he got hurt. He, he had that kind of rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo in those, those first couple of games he played uh, the, when uh, San Francisco acquired him late in 2017. So maybe he's the answer at wide receiver 82, 198 overall, at least in terms of a value play. And then, of course, George Kittle is probably going to be the, the, the true wide receiver one on this team, tight end two at 25th overall. Yeah, this feels this kind of feels like cheating, but I want all of these guys again, um, especially Dante Pettis. I agree with you that that he would be my my top target. I really like Goodwin though. I th- I think you you laid out a pretty good case there. I mean, he he had a rough 2018. I mean, he he got hurt. Garoppolo got hurt. Goodwin I think had some some personal issues with. Uh, I believe his wife lost a baby. So I mean, there were a, a lot of things going on that kind of derailed his season last year and we basically gave up on him as as dynasty players so I mean he's a guy that might even be on on the waiver wire right now and uh, a player that's almost definitely on dynasty waiver wires is Trent Taylor and he's the guy that's been drawing the the camp buzz one beat writer even predicted him to lead uh, San Francisco in receptions so um, when we start hearing buzz like that and, and reports like that that refer to specific stats or refer to um, playing time things like that that's when we really have to start paying attention not just this player's looking good or this player's looking bad so Trent Taylor is has quickly gotten back on my radar and and then George Kittle is is the obvious case I'm I'm not buying George Kittle at his current price uh, maybe come closer to selling him uh, but if I have him I'm pretty happy about that yeah, I'm happy about having Kittle. I'm especially happy about having Dante Pettis, it, just like you guys. If if there's a buy on this entire list of guys that we've talked about, I think it's Pettis. He's the guy I'm most excited about, the potential jump. I could see him becoming a wide receiver, too, in 2019. And, and cutting that ADP among wide receivers, he's currently at 31 in half or better. I wouldn't be shocked if he's he's in the 15 range a year from now. So with that offense and that head coach, with his history of spreading the ball around and getting the ball to, to the best player on the field as he did in Atlanta, uh, of course in 
in San Francisco, Shanahan has has had some injury riddled seasons, and now we're we're all as dynasty owners hoping that the 49ers are able to keep things healthy, keep that quarterback on the field and all his weapons there as well. He should have a running game, improved offensive line. That those are all good things for all these guys. I think more than anybody, it's Dante Pettis and his upside to be that streaky player, that that guy who can get in the middle of the field and make big plays for the 49ers. I think Garoppolo is going to find him early and often in games, and and he's going to be a guy that everybody's uh, banging their head against the wall saying, why didn't I go get him everywhere a year ago? Because he's going to take a big jump in 2019. Just to just to remind you guys how fast uh, Marquis Goodwin is. Back in the 2013 combine, he ran a four two seven forty, just ridiculous. Is that and fast? And then he actually, yeah. And then at 28, <laughs> what's that? Is that fast? That's 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 pretty fast, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Sub four three. Uh, and then just this year, at 28 years old, there was this yards of gold, 40 yards of gold competition. It was this kind of this this fastest man's competition between offensive and defensive NFL players, and and Goodwin won that too, won a million bucks doing that, beating out uh, Dante Jackson, a much younger player, cornerback uh, for the for the Carolina Panthers. So he's still fast, you guys. Uh, let's go to Seattle to wrap up. We got Tyler Lockett, a wide receiver, 27, 56 overall. DK Metcalf, my favorite at Matt Calf. I almost said Matt Calf. I'm just going to say that. DK Matt Calf, wide receiver 38, 79 overall. And David Moore, uh, kind of the, the darling right now, wide receiver 97. I don't know if he's that cheap currently, uh, but in July, ADP was 231 overall. So uh, where are we going here, Dan? Wrap us up with Seattle. I think that's a new Twitter name for you, Matt. DJ or DK Matt Calf. Uh, change that today. I'm taking it. Uh, Metcalf, he's the guy. He's the guy you want here. I've never been able to get on board with the Tyler Lockett Express. There are many dynasty owners on it. Everybody seems to think he can outperform that wide receiver 27 ADP that he has right now. Uh, getting him in the fifth round of startups, that, that seems too high for me. Uh, in an offense that's going to be built around their running game and and... Russell Wilson running around in the backfield and, and running the football. It, it just doesn't add up for me for that deep threat. Sure, he's going to have big games. He's he's going to have impressive catches and, and big plays for the Seahawks. But I, I, I think wide receiver three seems about right for Lockett. Metcalf, on the other hand, his upside is much higher. He's, he's a guy that, that can do a little bit of everything, uh, including get downfield as well as, as play above the rim in the end zone and, and in the red zone. So if I'm going to invest anywhere in Seattle, it's going to be in the running game. If I have to go with a pass-catching option, it's going to be DK Metcalf at wide receiver 38. Yeah, it is for me too. And and we, we saw some beat, uh, beat writers say that Metcalf would be buried, that Lockett and David Moore and I think Jerron Brown would be the, the three starters. And then when they when they lined up today at camp, DK was the number two. So, that, you know, they didn't waste any time um, actually getting him on the field with that uh, with the first unit. And when you when you look at their respective ADP and their value, I, I would certainly rather have DK uh, at a little bit of a discount and and even, you know, head, heads up or even up. I would rather have I would rather have Metcalf. You know, I think. You could go in a thousand leagues and offer Lockett straight up for Metcalf, and and you would get denied in like ninety percent of them. 
Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Even just straight up, I would rather I would rather have Metcalf there. I don't. It would be interesting to see if you can you could get that done. So if you're out there and you have Lockett, maybe go try to make an offer straight up for Metcalf. See if you can get that done and let us know. Uh, but that's going to do it this week for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll be back with you next week for Ryan, for Dan, and myself, Matt. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have a good week, guys.